0: bridge toll california customer service number highway miles to the gallon ford focus thailand cave rescue operation
1: what is schema f best wine bars in san carlos california
0: best western hotels how old is Ronaldo? what happened with big brother what's Fast a good engagement how long gift? before a wedding should i send out how many save the, dates? Are in the first series use IMAP to check gmail on other email clients identify the fonts,
1: fonts. fonts where from where to memory. find you were four Brian in, Hi, in welcome
0: Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little SEO news. Joining us is Jordan Cooney, who is the founder and CEO of Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses as they scale their organic search traffic. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Previsible is also a sponsor of the Voices of Search podcast. And today, Jordan and I are going to discuss Google's SGE launch. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the founder and CEO of Previsible. Jordan, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Ben, always a pleasure to be hanging out with you. I hate you, but I'm going to describe why in the next episode. So everybody, come back tomorrow. We've got important stuff to talk about today, but I'm going to explain why I hate you tomorrow.
1: That's probably true. This is why I'm going to be so nice to you today. So
0: well earned. So well earned. Don't be, don't disrespect. don't sass me, Jordan Cooney. I, I won't. Not we've, got, we've got news to talk and I've got a bone to pick with you, but it's going to have to wait till tomorrow. All right, Jordan. Let's talk Google. Let's talk artificial intelligence. Let's talk uh, SGE. What is SGE? What does it mean? What happened? Give me the update.
1: Yeah, I mean, earlier in May, Google announced search with generative AI. It's essentially a playground where Google is testing how generative AI can provide more information and context to users in the search, search results. So essentially, like, this is really not huge news outside of the fact that, hey, everybody, we're now putting AI labels on stuff we're putting into search engines. But that's, that's essentially what it is.
0: Now, Google's been using artificial intelligence forever and ever and ever. Basically, the entire algorithm is built on artificial intelligence. It's not new. They're digesting all sorts of crazy amounts of data and understanding how to merge it together and what the most relevant results are. How is SGE different than what Google was doing before other than while we're labeling it SGE or we're saying it's generative AI?
1: You're absolutely right, Ben. There's nothing new here. There's absolutely nothing new here. And I think this is one of the really interesting pieces and why we didn't make a big stink about this earlier in the podcast, which is that Google's been using AI for a really long time. How do you think answer boxes happen? How do you think Google selects the questions in PAA. People also ask, how do we think that Google determines all these different scenarios so quickly and so effortlessly? It's with the use of AI. The only difference now is that they're actually labeling it. They're giving it distinct background. They're incorporating images and references. So they're certainly making the AI more distinguished and they're displaying it. They're actually featuring it by showcasing specifically the statement: Generative AI is experimental. Information, info quality may vary, and they're they're basically kind of highlighting what section was generated with AI.
0: Well, so let's talk about the difference between what Google is doing with generative AI as opposed to their biggest competition in the world, Bing. No, actually, is it Bing or is it OpenAI? Is it ChatGPT? I'm not even sure Google's competition is these days. Talk to me about the difference between what Google and now their two biggest competitors are doing when it comes to generative AI?
1: Well, there's a couple of differences. The first one is more and more Google is getting aggressive about their PR campaign and specifically highlighting how they're able to incorporate these worlds that we're so accustomed to using. How can we as Google really make search more useful by using AI? How can we as Google make voice more useful with AI? How is we as Google can make the Google suite of, of tools, the work suite of tools, email, docs, slides, their offerings more useful with AI? So Google's becoming very, very pragmatic about their products being connected to AI. I'd say that the competition is really focused on the Concept of developing a real roadmap towards awareness. Hey, everybody, this thing exists. Come and try it. Come and use it. And so it's very different approaches to the market. One is really about like how do we get people who don't know what this thing is aware of it? Whereas Google is saying, hey, our products are part of this ecosystem.
0: I think there's also a user expectation difference. I look at Google's SGE and I say, oh, cool. There's now a green box whenever I type in a search results that gives me a paragraph that's been generated in real time that looks very much like what I would get from all of the other search results in Google. It's basically what Google's been doing with the answer box, but it's been expanded and it's got a couple other images. It's kind of like a regular old Google search. It's just a little bit more copy, in my opinion. Now, when I think about what I'm using OpenAI and ChatGPT for hey, I got this email and I want the response to maximize revenue while keeping the customer relationships great, write the email for me. right? I'm using it to solve problems and answer questions and do work. Does SGE do work for me or is it just a way to basically have Google rip off the content that's in the web pages so I don't have to click on links and nobody gets direct traffic?
1: What I've From my testing, I'm only seeing the latter. I much rather have the, and maybe it's because I'm accustomed to it, the existing search engine result page. I did a couple of queries that I tested out. For example, what is the best family dog? Generative AI gives me this massive list golden retriever, playful, tolerant, affectionate, Labrador retriever, friendly, affectionate, popular, beagle, playful, protective. Like it's writing these descriptors about dogs, but it's actually not helping me at all make this decision. Whereas the answer box that shows up in the search results today says family dogs such as Labrador Retrievers, Golden Retrievers, Beagles, and Irish Setters are playful and protective. And it goes on to describe more features like smaller dogs and how they can be good lap dogs. The reality is that that's a much more useful description than a bulleted list with the few terms related to each of these dog breeds. It's not incredibly helpful. Because it doesn't actually speak to a human being. It just gives you responses. And I think that that's where Google's missing the mark with SGE is, and I know that it's early and I know they're just testing, is how do you actually somehow resonate with the intent of the user who's behind this search? What do they want to learn? What do they actually want to grasp and understand?
0: To me, the difference is Google is trying to give you the answer to the question with the first result. And the other tools, and and you know, honestly, Bing is more of the same. The difference to me with Chat GPT, and this is kind of what Google used to be, it was one box where you enter your search query in, and then you get a result, right? You get links, but it was very simple, and you understood what the user experience is. Now, when I go to Chat GPT, it's a chat. Right. There's nothing else there for me to search. And so I'm thinking about having a conversation. Do you think that Google is setting up SGE to be conversational or are they just trying to drive you into other Google products?
1: Oh, that's a tough question, Ben. I don't think that today they're trying to drive you into other Google products. I think that today they're trying to understand what is a useful experience and how do you develop generative responses in a search result that add more value the list of links. I personally believe that they're far off the mark, that the whole reason people want a search result page is because it's a set of results, a set of results from which they can choose from, a set of results that they can discern from, a set of results that they can explore from. It's really hard to do that with generative AI because generative AI is perpetually trying to create a response. It's trying to give you a direct answer to something but it's not allowing you to do those creative components that you may explore or refine or discover
0: in a search engine result page. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. So, join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to Previsible.io. That's Previsible, P R E V I S I B L E.io. So, obviously, this is the first. Public experiment with generative AI for Google. Give me a scale of one to ten. How do you think they did when it comes to launching SGE? Three. And why? <laughs> Low. Uh, uh, I mean it's slow. ten <laughs> being good, one being <laughs> bad. Is pretty low, I guess.
1: I don't think that they refined any filtering. They didn't create any constraints. I think you learn a lot when you develop products by creating constraints. When I look at a lot of the responses from the tests that I've performed, they're very long. They're very detailed. They let the AI just go on and on instead of creating some constraints or restrictions that forces the AI and users to determine whether the summary or the narrow set of information that's provided is useful. So that's number one. Number two, I don't actually think that they came up with anything super creative here that other companies haven't already developed or defined. And number three, the fact that they're making the AI element so prominent, they're changing the background color, they're denoting it so prevalently. It's ugly. Yeah, it just takes away from the whole why am I here? Why am I? It, it doesn't entice me to want to keep using it, That's for sure.
0: I definitely don't think that the sort of design of it, it feels shoehorned. Hey, we took generative AI, we took a chat GPT clone and we got a shoehorn and we crammed it on top of the search results, which honestly was surprising. I thought it would be like right below the ads. Google still got to make their money, but then you still have all the regular search results that are listed below, which seemed a little awkward to me. So from a user experience perspective, a little muddled from a visual design perspective, I'm not in love. And then there's the other part. You mentioned it's kind of a little bit of a me too product from a marketing perspective. Oh, Google, you launched a behind the times product after somebody else had already launched a superior product. This is not better than what's already on the market. And It wasn't new news. Hey, Google's doing it too. Well, you know, let's see who announced that they were doing generative AI before Google did and actually got a product to market. I can think, well, ChatGPT, Microsoft, Adobe, Salesforce, Slack, every company in the world said, oh, we're doing a generative AI. We're doing an LLM. And finally, Google gets around to theirs and it's like, meh, kind of ugly, not very useful. I think I'll probably stick with ChatGPT personally for my generative AI-ing. I agree with you. I think like a three, this wasn't exciting, wasn't pretty, wasn't very useful. Google's got some work to do.
1: I agree with you, Ben. I don't
0: think that there's a ton of
1: uniqueness in terms of what Google has deployed in SGE. However, I hope that they can capture some good learnings and understand where the benefits might exist and refine and develop this further.
0: So Jordan, let's talk about what good benefits actually do exist from SGE. I think one of the benefits of SGE
1: is the fact that it can pull information out much faster for users, say recipes or specific facts that you want to gather that are not answer box featured already, SGE is a great tool for these scenarios to give you a specific recipe list or just give you a specific output that is very formatted the way that many of the generative AI bards slash chat GPT responses are already structured. But outside of that is a lot of filler for a search result experience.
0: I definitely think that it is a search box experience that you're able to control. Google, can you give me a bulleted list that looks like an answer box that has five results instead of three results? That's basically what I feel like we have here with SGE. Jordan, last question for you. Give me three things you'd like to see Google do to improve their SGE experience.
1: The first one is I'd actually like for them to encourage users to refine searches sooner. So I'd like for them to actually say, hey, you search for family dog, what's the best family dog? Here are a few choices where you can learn more, one, two, three, and then let users do more discovery that way. That's the first thing. The second thing i like for them to do is really restrict the amount of space that they're going to give this. Some of these lists and some of these responses are very, very long and consume the entire real estate. And from a natural experience, from just like a natural search engine result experience, that's not something we're accustomed to. So don't do these takeovers where the AI can just write as much as it wants. Limit it. And then the last thing that I think is really important, and you brought it up earlier, is give credence or reference to content that's already ranking. So if you took something from one of the ranking pieces, mention it. Hey, this ranks number four. Or this is a article that you, we found number six. I really think that that would engage users to be connected with that whole discovery and exploration that happens when you look through a listing of results.
0: Honestly, what I want, I want ChatGPT just to be able to integrate Google into the search results because I don't think Bing results are very good. But I think ChatGPT as an LLM, as a generative AI solution is vastly superior. And I like the user experience better. I wish it had a little imagery. I wish Google was taking a page from their competition as opposed to rolling out something that was similar to what they were already doing and trying to shoehorn generative AI into it. Looks like we agree on something, Jordan. Google's got some work to do when it comes to their artificial intelligence products. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, founder and CEO of Previsible. Join us again tomorrow when we discuss why I hate Jordan and why he talked me into writing a book. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You could visit him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Previsible